You're listening to Movie Homework, brought to you by the Binge Media Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Presented by Binge Media, I'm Jack, and I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host, Chad C. What's going on, man? I'm good. How about, listen to this, listen to this. Oh, this is my, my first alcoholic beverage since Lala. I've, I've <laughs> detoxed and have been waiting. So, yeah, my liver has recovered fully, and I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> good for you, good for you. So, uh, you know, <laughs> we should uh, mention this is our first recording since Lollapalooza. Um I don't know. Over overall thoughts from you, sir, on uh, how the weekend went? I thought it went fantastic. Other mm-hmm. than uh, a couple of flights getting canceled, uh, trying to escape New Jersey. Um, but all in all, yeah, it was a good time. It was great seeing everyone for the first time, and you know, the first time all being together in four plus years. I think yeah. and uh, yeah, it was just great having everybody in the same room again. And, uh, yeah, just you just get that. That first night, it's always just like adrenaline, and you're just like super pumped. And yeah, th- that first night at the bar is always one of the better times. You're just jumping from from group to group, and uh, yeah, just yep. mingling with everybody you haven't seen in a long time. It's great, man. Yep. And how many times are you going to be able to talk to somebody like you know PC? You bounce over to Warren, you get Jim Law's take on something. All the while, there's a fucking pillow fight championship happening on the on the TV. I mean, <laughs> that's right. That's right. It just right. doesn't happen anywhere but Lollapalooza, people. So next time yeah. it's announced, you, you probably want to be there. So. I can I can say I think there were more Red Bull vodkas purchased this Lolla than High Life's though. So probably we might probably. have a we might have a new uh, drink for Binge here. Uh, I felt like I saw most people drinking those daily, but that's ha- marathon drinking. You got to wake up too. So yeah, yeah, uh... yeah it ebbs and flows. <laughs> if I had advice for anybody, it would be just you know drink. Uh, Drink some water in there and, you know, get get your, like, six to seven hours of sleep. Just just get it every day because if you don't have that, you're fucked. Trust me. So, right. uh, but no, right. great, great weekend, great time. Uh, obviously, you and I spent a significant amount of time together and, uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. And we survived. Possibly. Oh, yeah, I know, you know you're going here. Uh, <laughs> d- demonic Airbnb situation. So you know, uh, as far as I I know, I believe we got a five star review. So I gotta I gotta go back and check that. Very nice. I think we're okay. May, but, May uh, got the worst of it though, right? And we we kind of got free. Make make kind of had the yeah the, she, uh, the, the issues right the throat she, issue. She was down for the count for a little while, but she's feeling better now. Yeah, so uh, great. Yeah, Good we're we're thinking maybe maybe it was something that got picked up actually before we even got to New Jersey. So who knows? But ah, okay, okay. But in any case, um, so Lollapalooza is come and gone, and uh, yeah, maybe you'll hear something about that in the coming weeks. But uh, other than that, we are here to talk about a movie that I, I have a little bit of history with. Uh, 1992's Bram Stoker's Dracula, the Francis Ford Coppola um, film. I, I, you know, it's was, it was funny. I was going to say classic, but I'm not sure that it's considered a classic by many people. Um, but let's just throw a piece of the trailer here and we'll get into it. You've got to go to him. You've got to love him. She is a wedding recruit and devoted disciple. She is... 
filmography godfather one and two apocalypse now conversation the list goes on with you know peaks and valleys beyond those um but bram stoker's dracula this is a movie i have been aware of for i think pretty much my whole life um this is one of my mom's favorite movies believe it or not um She's always loved this. She always, even when I was younger, when when she would say like, oh, you can't watch this yet, but when you can, this is a great movie. I love this movie. It's so good. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so before I knew about movies on any serious level, I've always known about this movie. I've known Gary Oldman was in it. I've known a bit of the story. Some of the, you know, some of the scenes I've, I've seen since I, I could probably fucking remember. But, but Chad, what's your uh, background with this movie? So I'm trying to think. I, I've seen this handful of times. I, I have the Blu-ray back. I probably bought the Blu-ray before I even saw the movie, and of course did the deep dive on the the features and everything that we were kind of talking about before this. Um, but it had been, yeah, I mean, probably a good five or so years since I'd seen this. Um, yeah, I, 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 I've always liked um, the gothic kind of feel of this movie, and of course the effects and everything, but. We'll get into the problems I have with it, but it, it just a, a lot of these vampire movies around the same time. It's like Interview with the Vampire, this Lost Boys, all of them. Um, this uh, this isn't one of my favorites of that era, but uh, we'll get into it here. So, um, all, right. all right, yeah, interesting. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is uh, there's there's a lot going on with this movie, and I feel like there's a lot of different angles to sort of attack here, but. One of the reasons that we decided to do this one is because of the tie-in with uh, The Last Voyage of the Demeter, which is in theaters uh, right now as we record this. And, right. you know, with the, the whole story of the Demeter taking up, I, I think it's maybe a couple pages in the original novel. I've, I've never read it, so I don't know for sure, but it certainly Same. has never really been a focus of the Dracula story. Um, mm -hmm. But... You know, gets a quick uh, sort of passing glance in this movie during a montage, and yeah, this this is just a it, it's sort of a unique feeling movie to me. I, I don't know of another flick that feels so sort of homemade in terms of the effects yes. and, and the sort of like you know uh, tactile everything about this movie, while also being like a major studio release. And as kind of over the top and, and I think crazy as it gets, um, mm -hmm. I can't even really think of another movie to compare this to other than, and, and I mean this in the best way possible, <laughs> but it, at times it kind of reminds me of Batman and Robin, like the, the energy uh, level, yeah. you know, mm. um, okay. but there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot there. So, um, <laughs> But as far as Dracula stories go, uh, so, you know, before we, we dive into the plot of this one, do you, are you partial to a particular Dracula version, whether it be, you know, a particular performance or movie over any others? I mean, 
Not, not really. No, I, I would probably. Dracula just doesn't. I, I don't know. He's never done it for me necessarily. Like Nosferatu, uh, which isn't that who Dracula is based on essentially. Uh, yeah. But then it kind of just spawned its own thing. Uh, I, I always like those, uh, like the silent movies. Um, like growing up, that that hit him as a vampire kind of stood out more. Dracula, I don't know. Like even uh, what was the one Dracula Untold back 2014 oh, yeah. with uh, Luke Evans? That one just. That, um, what's the fucking Leslie Nielsen one? Fucking, uh, oh, Dra- uh Dracula Dead Mother. Yes, Dead in love. Yeah. yeah, um, no, Dracula just never really stood out for me. I don't know what it is. Vampires, I guess maybe that's my, uh, my thing in horror. I, I, they're just not my favorite mm-hmm. in horror. Um, yeah. something about them just doesn't do it for me. And, uh, yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know where we want to even like begin to dive in this. Um, well, I, I mean, like what, about, start... what about you? Did you, so did you? Well, did you? Did you have a Dracula that stands out to you that you like revisit? Like the, I mean, obviously the Universal. I can't even think of his fucking name. Um, yeah, um, Bella Lugosi. Oh, Bella, Bella Lug- Yeah, Bella Lugosi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's you know the original Dracula to me is. I, I think Frankenstein's probably a better movie but dracula's it's just iconic like Mm -hmm. if i'm in the mood for one of those movies i'm i'm reaching for dracula or frankenstein first um i think they're both great they both are iconic they're both like uh character defining you know um i've seen a decent amount of the hammer horror stuff uh i like christopher lee as dracula but i think the movies are kind of inconsistent I do like the fact that they offer something different than the universal versions of the same stories, you know, more blood, maybe a little bit more of like a B movie sensibility to those. And the whole Gothic angle, I think comes across a lot better in a hammer horror movie than maybe it does even in the original Dracula movies with, with Lugosi. Um, Mm -hmm. It's actually one of the things that I like maybe most about Bram Stoker's Dracula is the fact that they go for that over-the-top gothic look and feel in a way that Hammer didn't. So if I were to delineate the two, obviously this Dracula has more money behind it, but the difference is you could probably take a lot of the sets from this movie and film a, you know, a Christopher Lee Dracula or Frank Langella like two, two three decades earlier, and it would... It wouldn't be that much different outside of the lighting. You know, the Hammer Horror is is a a bit darker and obviously like a, a uh, more of like a film grain aesthetic to it. This Dracula, I think the only difference is that they controlled literally everything on a soundstage at all times. So by doing that, they're able to light everything absolutely perfectly for every single effect they're trying to achieve. And I kind of like it for that. You know, that works for me. Um, but at the same time, I can see where some folks might have had issues. Um, mm. All that being said, how did this movie do at the box office when it uh, got released in 92? So this released on November 13th of 92. And it, it had the fourth highest opening weekend of that uh, entire uh, year. Wow. But, oh my god, I just lost my spot here. Oh, but that was at $30 million. Okay. So, um, overall, it was number. It ended up being number fifteen at at uh, eighty two million domestic is what it ended up opening weekend of thirty. The only movies that opened bigger than it were Lethal Weapon three, Batman Returns, and Home Alone two. 
So this this had a, yeah it opened at number one and then it had a little bit of a runway. And then Aladdin came out a few weeks later on Thanksgiving and kind of oh. smushed it yeah, along with Home Alone two, the two highest grossing movies of the year. So, but yeah, this always this was also nominated for four Oscars and won three of them for best costume design, best sound editing, and best makeup. Which yeah, absolutely, I can uh, definitely agree with that on all fronts there. Yeah, um, I think I guess I think my main issue with this movie is. Um, I just don't the the love story is just not believable to me at all. Mm. And I think it has to do with one of the writer's performance uh mm. big time. And that essentially I think takes me out a lot of, of the movie. But yeah, I mean I, I'm just sure so, so I mean where do you fall with the the, the love story aspect of this cuz it's like the main I feel like well, centerpiece of this entire movie, right? Yeah, absolutely is. I mean, it's the reason that Coppola made the movie. You can tell that this is, mm-hmm. this is the thing that he's adding to the story because this was not ever part of the Dracula myth, really. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, I think it does pop up in one of the Hammer Horror movies, at, but it's like a subplot. It's not the main focus of that. Mm-hmm. That flick of memory serves, which I honestly, there are so many of those. I couldn't tell if you, you know, if it was like horror of Dracula or you know Dracula's risen from the grave, which, whichever fucking one it is, it's there. Um, mm. And it, it's funny because I like I like the idea of it a lot because it, let's say tomorrow, right? Like the Safdie brothers decide they're going to get together, make another movie, and they're going to do a new Frankenstein, right? And it's like, okay, that's kind of interesting, but you know that if they're doing it, they're going to add something to that that's going to change the Frankenstein character a little bit or, like, add an element that makes it interesting. I like the fact that Coppola goes to this story and he's like, well, yeah, I want to make this movie, but I I need to add some infusion of something. And I, in theory, I really like adding the love story angle, the whole, like, reincarnated version of Elisabetta and, and all that. It, it's it's a nice framework for, like, Dracula's motivations throughout the story that, that isn't really there in the original novel. Um, sure. Okay. And, and and this this movie, to me, is, is really dependent upon the aesthetic and the fact that everything is being turned up to 11. Like, every performance, all the costumes, all the sets, the music, the art style, everything is always just, like, pushing the envelope a little bit further than I think most people are comfortable with. And I mm, think sure. that, it, it makes the Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves of it all so much worse in comparison to everything else going on <laughs> around them. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Winona Ryder has has some issues in this. But, I, obviously, Keanu Reeves is the is the one that really gets most of the vitriol with this movie. Absolutely. And it's not yep. it's not unjustified. Like, so the whole opening, I don't know, forty minutes of this movie is, I think, really cool, right? Like, Harker goes to Dracula's castle. He's there mm-hmm. to help negotiate some real estate. Dracula catches wind of the fact that his future wife looks exactly like Dracula's former bride that killed herself in the you know intro to the movie. And he, he, you know, changes his plans, wants to go to London, find her, all that stuff. I really like the aesthetic of all that. That's sort of a fundamental part of the Dracula story. Um, at, at least, like, Jonathan Harker getting to the castle and experiencing some odd things, right? 
I'm I'm in with all that stuff, but the thing that bugs me is I don't know what the fuck they were doing with Keanu in any <laughs> moment. Because, you know, Keanu's shaving in the mirror. Dracula comes up to him, and the, the mirror is, what, like 10 feet away? And it just, yep. like, shatters for no reason. A door closes by itself. He sees shadows that don't match up with, like, where Dracula is. Some wolves are howling outside. Like, Keanu goes to the window and sees Dracula climbing upside down, down a wall. Like, and and his whole reaction is is always just, like, monotone, I don't know, blank stare? I don't don't get that at all. It's really fucking weird. Um, My my favorite line of his is uh, when he's... Is that particular scene? He's like, I've seen many strange things. Buddy wolves chasing me through a blue inferno. <laughs> yeah, it's but... just, the delivery is so ridiculous. But see, so here's good. my thing with Keanu. We all know Keanu is a bad actor. He's always been a bad that like a bad actor. That's part of his charm, I think. Right, and it's yeah. good on him. He's made a career out of it. But yes, he's bad in this movie. I think he's bad in every movie. I love I love John Wick. I love The Matrix. Fucking amazing. But he's not good in any of those movies necessarily. But the accent, I think, is what really, really, like, just does it here. It just, it's so bad. It is so monotone. And it's just, mm. yeah, the delivery is just brutal. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Keanu. Like, so I, I don't want to harp on necessarily him. Because, I mean, I don't know. That's, if you look at any criticism of this movie, that's all really, like, the the, the main thing is this guy sucks. But, yeah. I don't know. I, I just feel like that that's a given with Keanu most of the time. But, yeah, I mean, that's, it, it's it's an interesting, you know, yeah, it's the thing you hear about most with this movie, but I, I do feel like it's justified. Like, like Winona's not good either, but I think the problem I have with Keanu is that at least with Winona, she's trying to meet the scene, and she's just, like, not doing it well. With Keanu, it's almost like he was told not to react to things, which... I don't know if that's Coppola's <laughs> fault or Keanu's fault, but either way, it makes that opening section of the movie, while really entertaining and interesting, also, like, it just takes me out of the movie every time I see him. And it's just like, dude, yeah. like, fucking, sure. what are you doing, dog? Like, say, <laughs> say something. Like, it's just maddening to me. Um <laughs> And, you know, for, for for sake of not, like, harping too much on those two performances the whole time, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to say they both suck. Um, you know, they're better in other movies, just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, they, they really are. That's the thing. It's like, even her as Lydia and Beetlejuice, I think she's pretty good in that movie for what it is. Like, I, but, like but yeah, this, there's something about it with Renata in this movie, too, that, yeah, it's pretty bad and i think that has always been my big issue with this movie is the love story behind it and i'm a big story guy but like like you were saying 100 percent. i mean the aesthetic of this movie the just the uh we were talking like i said beforehand the 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 special features on the blu-ray of this uh, of the making of like with the miniatures and everything is fucking awesome like everything Mm -hmm. in frame like i love that i'm of course i'm a fucking we're movie nerds and that aspect of filmmaking to me is just super fucking cool and um I mean, I love all of that, the gothic nature of, of the whole thing. But this is absolutely one of the horniest movies. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's so horny. It's just so horny. <laughs> it's, it's crazy how, like, almost every scene in the opening section of the movie 
there's at least a reference to somebody banging somebody else or, or like, you know, trying to get in bed with someone. It's, it's just nuts. Like, and it also, yeah. <laughs> watching it this time especially, I had in the back of my head, I'm like, you know, my, I, I, I've known this is one of my mom's favorite movies for a long time. It's, <laughs> it's a little... It's a little interesting, you know what I mean? <laughs> given, given watching it now, but a lot of nipple play, a lot of nipple play in this movie, a lot, licking a lot and yeah. bloody nipples, just ugh, yeah, little slits around the nipple. It's a, oh, oh man, a oh man. Um, but you know, all of that being said, I do want to talk about the stuff that I really like from this movie, and it pretty much starts and uh, well, starts and ends is the wrong thing. It starts with Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman, mm-hmm. so, you know, I think anybody, any film fan worth their salt knows Gary Oldman is just one of the fucking boys, right? Like, he's just, he's oh, yeah. a man. He brings it in pretty much every movie he's in. It's kind of rare where he is the bad uh, detail in a movie. He, he's kind of like a uh, John Goodman to me. Like, I never see John Goodman bad in a movie. Sometimes he's in movies yeah. that are bad, but it's never his absolutely. fault, really. Um, mm-hmm. Gary Oldman sure. is is absolutely in that camp. And frankly, you know, I love the Bela Lugosi thing and, and all that. But, like, when I think of Dracula, this is the performance I think of. It's just, it's so yeah, strange. It's so unique and interesting. He makes some really bold choices in a lot of different ways. Um and the presentation of Dracula in this movie and the way that he sort of morphs into different creatures at different times and um, the charisma. He, I mean, by the end of the movie, there is a part of me that you kind of have sympathy for him, you know? And it's, I don't know. I, I, I think that that has everything to do with the fact that it's Gary Oldman. I don't think that it's the writing or the direction when it comes down to that character. I think it is literally... This guy is able to sell the fact that, you know, the movie starts and he is put into a pit of despair, renounces God in front of everyone, and then becomes yeah. this monster. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I'd have to look at a list to be sure, but I feel like it's one of the top three, if not top five, Gary Oldman performances for me. It's just, it, it, he's magnetic. When he's on the screen, I, I always want to, understand where he's coming from i just i think it's it's amazing i think it's an amazing performance i think it's underrated frankly but yeah i i think i think drexel will always be my favorite performance of his <laughs> <laughs> just because it's so fucking ridiculous but yeah it's definitely top five for sure yeah um i might, I might throw mink mink on that list though fucking mm, mink well, hive over here good for you, good for you. <laughs> um not well, the darkest hour that he won the fucking Oscar for. That movie put me to sleep, I think, yeah, three no. times, maybe. Yeah. I remember, <laughs> sidebar, I remember watching that after watching Dunkirk and just being like, what What the fuck? Like, like what, yep. what are we doing here? But, um, but you know, I digress. Um, but other things I really like. Uh, one of the things about the art direction, uh, I can't remember the, the uh, costume designer's name, but apparently Coppola got this guy who didn't know what Dracula was and said, I want you to make the costumes for the character and, and, you know, for, for the film, I don't want you to go off of anything previously created, you know, read the book, interpret this in your own way and see what you can come up with. And the fact that Dracula, when in, you know, sort of the old makeup and and all that, when, when Gary Oldman's in that old garb, 
that sort of red kimono or the, um, I don't even know what to call it, that like golden dress that he's wearing late in the movie mm-hmm. during that final sequence. Um, man, that stuff is incredible looking. And, and it does not fit what was known as the Dracula aesthetic at all, you know? Yeah. Um, but it so was, her name was, uh, her name, the costume designer is Aiko Ishioka. Oh, is it a woman? I'm sorry. This woman, yeah, yeah. But she also did the the costume design for The Cell, which (laughs) kind of makes sense after watching this movie now. Sure. Yeah, I see that. Sure, absolutely. Um, And then, like you were saying before, the sort of in-camera effects that were achieved in this movie, um, you know, simple stuff like filming something and then just taking the, physically taking the film out of the camera, running it upside down or backwards back through yeah. the camera and then filming something else over it to get like certain effects. That's just yeah. like clever, cool, interesting. So cool. Um, uh-huh. All that really tactile stuff is, is awesome. Um, you know, other pieces of the cast that I really like, I, I have to say, I do like the three suitors that, uh, uh, what was it? Lucy has, um, yeah. Me mm-hmm. and his friend Lucy. Um, so Quin- Billy Quincy Campbell and, uh, Jack and yes, um, Billy Campbell, who I think was the Rocketeer, and then Carrie Elwes yeah. and Richard E. Grant. Uh, young Richard E. Grant, so young, very. doesn't even look like him now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They're they're fun, but they also kind of feel like they're in the school of Keanu and Winona on a certain level. Like they're good, but they're also hamming things up quite a bit. I mean. It's it's just tough to contend with like Gary Oldman and then you have Anthony Hopkins who who shows up in this movie like midway through to play Van Helsing and you know I, the two of them just understand the movie they're in better than anybody else so it's 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 tough to compare with those guys mm-hmm. but um, but yep. the other person I want to mention because I am a fan of his is the fact that Renfield is in this played by Tom Waits which is just fucking perfect casting in my opinion. Um, Psycho weirdo, the glasses, the, uh, you know, the eating of the bugs and everything else. Um, absolutely a Tom Waits role. So glad that uh, these days I can appreciate him properly. So, uh, mm. yeah, good shit. Um, other elements of the movie that are, are kind of interesting to me. The music is pretty, I don't, I don't want to call it great, but it fits the movie. I don't know if it's the kind of soundtrack I would ever sit down and listen to and, and you know, kind of jam out to and remember specific scenes or anything like that. But I do like the fact that they really leaned into, okay, this is going to be bombastic and big and, and you know, the music kind of uh, pushes that emotion, you know, right in front of your face. Like, you can't really avoid it. But. Yeah, no, the, the main theme is great. The, the underlying, the don't, don't, yeah. don't, yeah, like just echoing throughout the whole movie. Yeah, it's that underlying thing. It's great. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And then we'll get into course, that in the super, superlatives also. Oh, excellent. And then also the creature effects. We've got to talk about that a little bit. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's some, again, I've never read Dracula, so I don't know what the exact limits are of Dracula's power and. You know what should or shouldn't happen. I know that uh, Chad D was texting us on the side. Yes. Just, you know why is why is he a werewolf now? Um, the Duke. Yeah, I I don't know what is or isn't allowed according to the rules of the Dracula book, but all that shit kind of just works in this movie. I do think that there are some things that happen that don't 
really make a ton of sense. For instance, yes, Dracula needs to feed on people in order to survive. But, again, this could be one of those obvious things that I missed. Is there a good reason why Dracula decides to turn Lucy? Is he just, like, looking for another, I don't know, concubine? Or is, is there anything behind that? I think it's, isn't that right after he reads the letter that uh, she's getting married uh, Parker? And so he gets he gets pissed, and then he goes and, like, turns her, right? Interesting. Okay. I, it's funny. That, that, okay, that seems, like, obvious now, but I don't know. I didn't really put that together while watching it because I, I didn't think in terms of him having that kind of emotion. <laughs> um, mm. Okay. That makes, that makes some sense, so... This is this is two weeks of me missing a plot point and you explaining it to me in the podcast. So this is good. We're gonna keep this going next week too. So, um, no, it's fine. It's yeah. it's good. I mean, it's, it's movies are, we, we miss things. I mean, I miss things all the time. You know, sure. I watched sure. this a couple of times this week. I watched it once before Law and twice since. So it's fresh, mm. fresh in the brain. Goddamn. Um, other stuff that you picked up on that uh, you either really liked or, or really disliked about the movie? Because I, I'm, I don't know, based on how our conversation has gone, and we haven't gotten to superlatives yet, but I'm getting the sense that um, you were not as down with this as uh, maybe I was. Yes, you're right. But I also, I was saying that I'm like, not vampires don't do it for me. But then I Googled, like, best vampire movies, and I'm like, God damn it, I'm so, I'm so wrong. Like, Fright Night, is, I fucking love Fright Night. Yeah. <laughs> Chronos, what we do in the shadows, not surprised what I already said. And fucking Lost Boys, fucking, that's, that's where it's at. But, um, no, I mean, yeah, I, this, yeah, I, I think it just goes back to the sword, man. Like, it, it, it just really takes me out of it, like, that love story. Like, it just, it does it doesn't work at all for me and so that that's what i will always remember about this movie is just i mean oldman's performance hopkins performance is just phenomenal and and i I, it's not like i hate this movie by any means i don't Uh, it's just uh, stories uh of course a big thing for me in a movie right it's the the entire thing and if you're not there with it then then it's gonna it's gonna obviously affect the way you view the movie because yeah i just i just can't buy the even her in it and we'll get to the superlatives who i been better off in this movie and i think the movie would have been a lot better for me and yeah it would have been one of those like i'm obviously a big horror guy in general but this is just not one of those classics to me um that i i don't i don't consider it that and i love coppola but you know this is after his uh godfather three and right before isn't this right before uh is it is it jack uh what is it, is it uh... Uh, yeah i think it might be uh yeah, that's in right after. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a rough movie. <laughs> oh, Jesus, it's not. It's, it's a weird stretch. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely something to be said about the fact this is a Dracula movie, and I wouldn't say this is really scary at all. Um, it's, oh no, not at all. Yeah, that's that's definitely a deterrent if you're looking for that. Anna, I, I see. I, I'm just weird though when it comes to that. Like, I don't. Movies just don't scare me. Uh, I, I, sure. I've never. Right, even like the I love horror, but it just that's not why I like it. It doesn't. I don't the, the thought of being scared. Like sure, but I, I can't remember the last movie that scared me. So uh, I yeah, know. I you know that that's maybe a bad way of putting it. I I think maybe a better way is there's nothing that sets up a scare really. You know, you sure, always yeah, yeah. know who Dracula is or where he is. If a creature shows up, they're never trying mm. to use a jump scare to get you. They're really focusing on just like this is this demonic creature, and there's a love story, and it's how this 
creature interacts with the other characters. It's it's never Coppola's never trying to scare you really, which is which is an interesting choice. But at the same time, I do feel like there's a whole genre of I, I guess you would call it gothic horror that kind of does the same thing. You know, um, like I, I don't know why, but the first one that's coming to mind is is Del Toro's uh, Crimson Peak. Um, mm-hmm. It's yep. it's a haunted sure. house movie, but it's it's not really scary. It's just it's just a ghost story, but there's not, if memory serves, there's really nothing in there that, that is trying to scare you. It's more just like a story about scary things, you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. Different kind of thing, I guess, but all right. Well, yeah, I mean, but that, to put to your, your point, people definitely go into these movies expecting and wanting that. I mean, there's obviously a huge contingency yeah. of people that want to go see a scary movie and be scared for it. So, I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, this is. Obviously, this was a little bit more technical, getting nominated for multiple Oscars, but right. who knows, you know, that's Coppola had a lot of weight <laughs> behind him at that time, too. So Yeah, for sure. Um, other things in the movie that I I do really like, um, there's a couple of moments where, uh, you know what, let me save that for superlatives. Let's, let's, let's hold off for a second, because I was, I was going to play a clip, but now that I think about it, it fits in better with one of my superlatives, so let's, uh, let's jump into those, so... We'll kick it off. Well, hold on. So before before oh. we jump in there, real quick, I, I oh, do yeah, have a question. Do you have a fa- do you have a favorite uh, like effect or uh, like we were saying in, in the end cameras? Do you have a favorite one from this movie that you, <sighs> like, stands out? So I really love the cardboard cutout war figurines at the beginning, mixed in with a couple of actors, They're like those silhouettes. Yeah, uh-huh. I think that looks metal as fuck. Yeah. I love that. Those are cool. Yeah, that does um, with those war scenes. That's cool. The there's a quick effect, um, and there's a bunch of them like this, but it's it's really fast. But it's when Jonathan Harker is escaping the castle. He's sort of shimmying along a wall that you've seen him stand on previously. And he falls in a way that doesn't make any sense to your brain. Like, he falls, I think, to the left of the frame and, like, tumbles out of it. And it's so fucking weird the when you watch it because you're expecting... Because he's been looking down as if he's he's sort of like looking at the water beneath him, but it's actually mm-hmm. to his right, your left, as you're looking at the scene. But you don't know that until he starts falling. Um, it, it's just a simple shot, but I, I I remember seeing that and just being like, "What the fuck?" Like just some weird discombobulated shit in the castle. I think is really cool. Yeah, yeah, well, I like yeah, it. I like. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple. I I, I do love the uh, well, like the, the beginning, right after that, when uh, Elisabetta commits suicide, and you know, it's like that one tracking yeah. shot, and it follows her down, but then it's just the doll falling. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's so it's so cool. But then you get that a little bit later the way the the, the climax where the dude falls off the cliff as well. Yes, <laughs> does the same thing. Um, I think I don't know the, the one that really stands out to me is when uh, he uh, they burst in on him and. Uh, and uh, Mina in the bed, and uh, he just turned her, and then he turns into that, you know, the big giant ghoul vampire, essentially. Sure. But then he walks back into the shadow, his eyes turn red, and then you get this, like, cross of, like, mice, oh, yeah. and then it just, like, drops. Like, that, that was just super cool to me. I don't know how they, like, just the transition there was really, really fun. I, I love right. I love that F- shit. So, I mean, All right. yeah. Fine. You're making me do it. I command in this 
hundreds of years before you born. Your armies were defeated. You tortured and impaled thousands of people. I was betrayed. Look what your God has done to me. No, your war with God is over. You must pay for your There's the scene you were looking for. <laughs> I think he, it's right after right. that is when he turns into rats. So, yep, good yep. shit. Let's right into it. Yep. Really good shit. All right, uh, let's let's start some superlatives then. That's that dude. All right, it's the Kupka. This is the uh, scene stealer or cameo, and probably no surprise based on what I said earlier. But for me, it's Tom Waits as Renfield. Uh, I'm a Tom Waits fan. I uh, I always like when he pops up in movies. Uh, this is maybe my favorite cameo of his that I've seen, second only to the uh, non-lethal weapons manufacturer in Mystery Men, if you remember that. But <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, this is shit. I, I've, I was glad to see it, especially after having seen Renfield earlier this year and being underwhelmed by that. Uh, I don't know. It's nice to see, uh, I don't know, a, a, a good version of Renfield. So, yeah, there you go. What, what do you got for this? All right. I have Anthony Hopkins as Van Helsing. I think he fucking steals. Yeah, I think all of his scenes, he's coming off of fucking Silence of the Lambs. He's fucking hot as shit. He just won the Oscar. He's ready. And yeah, he's still in He's in go mode. I think he's fantastic in this movie and very compelling in all the scenes he's in. He's the man. He, he definitely is the guy outside of Oldman, like I said before, that every time he's on screen, I'm just like, oh, I, I want to know everything yeah. he knows. Like anything he wants to yeah. say, I want to listen to. So. No, I didn't, I didn't want to go with the obvious Oldman. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah I, I didn't. I didn't even beat. I didn't beat the Keanu dead horse in these either. So I, I tried Good for to you. avoid that. Good for you. That makes uh, maybe one of us. We'll see. We'll see. All right. All right. Next one is the Valley. Well, fucking on, what it, the it, fuck? Most punchable face. Uh, what do you got for this? You're gonna hate me, Jack. But uh, I've got this queued up for you. Look at that picture. I just see you on Discord. Mm. I've always thought Tom Waits has a very punchable face, okay? He's, <laughs> he just looks like a Billy Gunn. What the fuck? What the fuck? He's, he's, he's not, he's not, not a model, dude. He's a fucking singer. Jesus Christ. I know. I know. That doesn't deter from being a punchable face, okay? Um, so that's where I went here. I went with Tom Waits as a punchable face. He's not overacting. He's. I think he's fine as Renfield. He's just kind of punchable. Just just because of his young Billy Goat goatee, it's always I just want to grab it and uh, it's something about it. <laughs> That's where I went. But, but, I, I but he doesn't have that knew... in the movie. Like what? I can't. I can't. I can't not. I've, I've, I when I see Tom Waits, I always see his his young young self and that goatee that's just growing. And it just I just want to clip it off. Even though it's fine. He's he's not bad in this movie. I've got no issues with Tom Waits' music. I like it fine. He just has a punchable face. Some might say, okay, I have a okay, punchable sidebar. face. You know, I'm, I'm not. I'm... Sidebar. <laughs> sidebar. All right. Have you seen the footage of him on, I, I, I don't know, maybe the Jack Parr show or something? It was a talk show in the 70s um, where he sings, I think, uh, what is it? It's, it's, it's like Confection Jesus is the name of the song, something like that. Um, no, I don't, I don't think I've okay. seen this. So if you want, I'll find it for you and send it to you later. If you watch this clip, you'll know immediately. It is it is clearly the inspiration for the Joker. Like, it's exactly Heath Ledger's performance, like, 30 years prior. Um, oh, nice. Okay. 
the fact that you're shit talking this guy, I can't even, I can't deal with this. I, I have, like I said, I have no issue with his music. I like Tom Waits' cameos fine. No, it just, he just got a punchable face, okay? Just go, go get some bleach and wash your fucking eyes out, man. Unbelievable. All right. That's fucking ink. Uh, I go with Carrie Elwes. Yeah, he's fine. He's he's a good actor and all that stuff. I like him and stuff. But, uh, yeah, the little mustache, he just, he, he's got a punchable face in this movie. Moving on. Tell me something about something I was reading about. <sighs> fucking A. Okay, this is the end. This is the best quote. Uh, all right, so for me, I'm going to go with a Van Helsing quote. And it's when Mina is asking, you know, what happened with Lucy. And they're sitting there and he's like, you know, cutting off a piece of some like very rare uh, roast beef on the table. And he's like, yeah, she was in great pain. Then we cut off her head and drove a stake through her heart and burned it. And then she found peace. <laughs> yep. It's like so <laughs> blunt and fucking direct, but uh, hilarious to me. Um, I don't know. Yeah, a lesser actor wouldn't be able to make that work, but it's Hopkins. So it does. Yep. I was going to go with uh, Quincy. Which, when he pulls up to the castle, they're on the horse, and he's like, May I say, Miss Lucy is hotter than a June bride riding bareback buck naked in the Sahara? It's pretty good. But I went with uh, the classic, I have crossed oceans of time to find you. Old Dracula. There you go. Holy shit. Beautiful. It's just like the movie. How the fuck did you do that? It's fucking, I mean, uncanny. I should have been cast, goddammit. I was three years old. What was Coppola thinking? Yeah, well, maybe your fucking problem with Tom Waits was the reason you never got a call. Okay, the Chad C. I know this is a hot take. Best or most entertaining scene? What did you have for this? Uh, I went with the lot, like the climax, the last fifteen minutes, like the just the the chasing sunset, that whole thing. He's he's waiting. His brides just get murdered. He's pissed off, and then yeah, they get there, and uh, yeah, that whole thing scene is uh, really entertaining. Yeah, that's where I went with. Yeah. What about you? A lot of action in there. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to choose from for me, just because I think there's a lot of cool sequences. Um, I really like the, uh, God, what do you even call it? Uh, the movie theater scene, I guess, um, where Dracula and Mina have met for the first time, and there are men that are watching movies in the background. A wolf shows up. Oh, yeah, up. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dracula yeah, almost bites Mina. Um, all yes. that stuff is like cool and off-putting and just like it's just like creepy um but i chose something different i actually love the scene where they kill lucy um i think it's awesome i think the look of it is super fucking cool um the blocking of it's a little bit i don't know a little weird maybe because it's like oh let's hide and then they just kind of like stand off to the side in a crypt but that all being said i still think that it it really is a fucking awesome scene. Um, I actually pulled this as a clip, so let me give you some of this. Just me. My darling husband, please. We are strong in the Lord, and the power is might. We are strong in the Lord, and the power is might. We're strong in the Lord and the power as much. Ex umbris in lucha. I bring you from shadow into light. I cast you out, the prince of darkness, into hell. That scene just says everything for me. Like, it's got Hopkins at, you know, 100% energy. Um, the, the Lucy, like, undead character to me is is just an awesome look like it looks creepy and fucking ethereal and all that shit 
And then the effect where, like, she just opens her mouth and spews out, I don't know, ten gallons of blood in Van Helsing's face. And that shit's <laughs> that shit's awesome. I love that stuff. Yeah. So, uh, great scene. But, good one. It's a good one. All right. Uh, the TM. I mean, wow. What's hold, hell, ah, wow, I can't speak. What has held up the best or the worst? Um, I've got one of each. I'm going to go with worst first just because we talked about it, but... I honed in on Keanu. I know everybody says it, but it's fucking true. Sometimes, you know, when everybody tells you what a thing is, it's probably the thing. And the thing in this is Keanu's a fucking problem. So definitely has held up the worst. Um, the thing that's held up the best, though, is Coppola and the the direction. And I know I, I said this, I've said this for a few movies we've talked about, but I think this movie, maybe more than some others, deserves this accolade. This is really a tactile, like, down-and-dirty, in-camera effect, physical, monster, like, everything done on set kind of production. Um, I I feel like anybody who is a movie geek of any level, if you watch this, you may not know everything that they're doing in the movie, but I think it looks so unlike any other movie that I think there's just a ton to chew on with this. Um, so I, I really, you know, the direction and, and the production design, I think have held up extremely well for this movie and are a big reason why, you know, it keeps getting reissued on Blu-ray. But. Yep. Uh, so I went with not Keanu's performance, but Keanu's accent, because like I said, he's always a bad actor. Uh, and I went, yeah, performances, I went with uh, Oldman and Hopkins' performances of Age the Best, because they're both just fantastic actors. What's new? Yeah. Not reinventing wheel here. Water is wet. So, <laughs> all right. PMC. <laughs> Best use of music in the film. Chad, did you have something for this? Yeah, I I went with the whole prologue. It's that 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 theme the entire time is underlying with uh with it. I mean, it's it's great. And you open you open up with uh, Hopkins uh, voiceover, and then you go straight into the war, and it's that music is just echoing throughout the entire time. What about you? Yeah, unfortunately, we're in lockstep here because I said the same thing. It's, uh, mm. I, I think the opening's really dynamic. Um, the fact that they're speaking in, God, whatever uh, whatever language that is, I actually don't know what it is. I, it, they're in Constantinople, I think. Um, yes, uh-huh. I, I don't know why I want to say Hungarian. I know nothing about geography, but whatever language that is, it just sounds angry and evil and full of like regret and remorse you know and it just it fucking works and you know oldman always goes the extra mile to get the uh the inflection and the the accent down so does a good job there it's good stuff music's great all right uh the pj dynamite drop in money this is if you were to cast someone else in a role who would it be uh eh, shock i'm going for the keanu role here um (laughs) so i was you know i last couple times we've done this, I tried to look at what the popular movies were from that year. Try to see who was around, who would have been the right age. And I saw something, and I, I, I kind of thought about it at first. And I said, I don't know if that totally works, but I'm going to throw it out there. And I'm happy to be wrong. But I actually would cast Tim Roth as uh, Jonathan Harker. I think that would be an interesting swerve. Um, yeah, okay. Has, has like the it. accent. He's probably around the right age, would have a different feel for certain. But if you say, dressed him up a little bit like, uh, 
like Oswaldo Mowbray from Hateful Eight, you know, that kind of look, maybe toned mm-hmm. down a little bit. I think he would fit right in. And and I think he would actually play off Winona Ryder fine, you know. He may actually anchor it in a way that neither of the two of them can do. So And yeah, he would be he would be coming right off Reservoir Dogs as well. Yeah, at least exactly. a few weeks before this. So yeah. I, I like it. I like it. Uh I went I went with the, the Winona character mm-hmm. and I said replace her with Jennifer Connolly, who would have been coming off oh. of uh Phenomena with uh, Argento at the time in Labyrinth, so she she'd had a couple of horror uh, horror fantasy under her belt, and I, I don't know. I think that that love story with the Oldman's a little bit more believable to me than Winona. I, she just that that thing just it really takes me out of the movie, man. And, and uh, yeah, yeah I, I think that's a better movie with them uh, those two. So. Yeah, I like it. the 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 unfortunate thing is that Winona is actually the person who was attached to the movie. I think before anybody, yep. she's the one. Yeah. She's the one who involved. got. So. Yeah, because she couldn't she couldn't do Godfather three, and that's why Sophia, who is absolutely atrocious in Godfather three, yeah. is cast in that movie because Winona had to drop out. God damn it! So maybe she's better in that movie. Yeah, crazy. I don't know. Crazy story. <laughs> um, and the last one. So if we were going to swap anybody out with a member of the binge media staff, who would it be? Um, I do have an answer for this. I'm curious if you do. I do. I think. See, I think you always go swap out with a binge media, and I say, will it make it better with a binge media staff member? Mm. And I, yes, I do have one. I have Mr. Paul Joseph, uh, PJ, as uh, he's one of he, he he's one of the uh, the marauder types. He's he's with he's leading the charge against Dracula at the end of the movie. He's right. he's with he's with uh, Jack and uh, the fucking what the fuck's his name. Uh, the the, the country, Quincy, the, the, that, that whole group. Yeah, he's okay, with that yeah. whole group, and he's yeah. he's leading the charge to to take him down. So that's right. where I, I like where, What about I like you? Um, yeah. So if I was going to swap him out for somebody, um, I can't think of anybody who would be more hilarious as Renfield than uh, than than Kupka. Like I, I just <laughs> I can see it in my mind. He's tweaking out. Like he's he's losing his he's losing his marbles, but. Or at least people think he's losing his marbles, but he knows better than everybody else. Straight jacket, you know, stuck in a fucking cell, just like, no, you fucking assholes. The master is coming. You need to get, get the fuck ready. Give me another pill bug, you fuck. You know, I could just... It writes itself yeah. on some level. I, yeah, I, I can see it. I can see it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, that's that, 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 that right there. Uh, I don't know. It made me laugh, so that's the pick. Uh, all right, man. We've talked about this movie a bit. Um, some ups, some downs, some what have yous, bunch of superlatives. Um, I don't know that I have much else that I can say about it. Um, any other same, like, but I, I was going to say any trivia nuggets or anything like that that you have you wanted to bring to the table? Yeah, yeah, I think I've gotten everything I need to say out of it. But yeah, I do have a little bit of trivia here, which maybe will answer some of the stuff we had before because there is some. Uh, some uh, brings up some of the stuff we've had about Keanu's performance and all this stuff. So, uh, I pulled a couple things from the IMDb. At first, at the first cast meeting called by producer and director Francis Ford Coppola, he got all the principal actors and actresses to read the entire novel of Bram Stoker's Dracula out loud to get a feel for the story. According to Sir Anthony Hopkins, it took two full days to complete, and he was not happy. <laughs> um, during pre-production of the movie, Francis Ford came up with the idea that when in the presence of being such as a vampire, the laws of physics don't work correctly. This is why shadows often act independently of the figures casting them. 
them. That's why rot rats can run along the ceiling upside down and why liquid drips up, which would go back to, you know, you were talking about the shadow and what Keanu is seeing. And yeah, it's this very, uh, yeah, surreal uh, atmosphere he's created. Uh, Gary Oldman was drunk the night they filmed the scene where he had to lick the blood from Keanu Reeves' straight razor. The scene was filmed after midnight, which added to the spirit of the scene and helped put the cast in the proper mood. Which, if you go back, he's in the makeup fully and he's drunk, which is kind of funny to think about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Keanu said years after this movie came out, he was, wasn't happy with the work he did in it stating that he had been exhausted from making several movies right on the heels of signing on as Jonathan Harker, and that he tried to raise his energy for the role, but it just didn't have anything left to give. Okay. So, you know, Keanu, he, he got that paycheck, though. That's all that matters. Yeah, I mean, he's fine. Uh, he's fine. He's, he's doing all right. So. <laughs> That's right. He's, he's got his biggest movie ever, a franchise, still going right now. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola claims that Bram Stoker's... Is it Bram or Bram? What is it? Is it isn't his name I, Abraham Stoker? Yeah, I, I go I go Bram, but just because, like, every time I've seen Bram, it's usually... It's it's like Bram... Uh, uh, Bram Stoker... Who's the other Bram? Fuck. I'm, I'm out of my mind. I'm as tired as Keanu was, I think, when he filmed the movie. <laughs> I'm just fucked up tonight. Uh, I don't All know. Right, I always well, say Bram. All right. Well, Francis claims that Bram Stoker's name was included in the title because he has a tradition of putting the author's names in the titles of movies that are adapted from novels, such as Mario Puzo's The Godfather and John Grisham's The Rainmaker. Others have claimed, however, that Stoker's name was included in the title solely to avoid legal action from Universal Studios, who claim to own the rights to the simple title Dracula. Would make some sense. Um, Liam Neeson was considered for and very much wanted the role of Professor Abraham Van Helsing, but after Sir Anthony Hopkins, still riding the success of Silence of the Lambs, showed interest in the role, Neeson was turned down. And then, uh, the la- oh, I have actually two, one, one more trivia and then one more that I forgot to include, which went back to my Tom Waits uh, point. In her interview, uh, to Interview Magazine in 2013, when a writer called... Her reportedly stormy relationship with Gary Oldman on the set of this movie, just some teen drama since she was young then. Oldman allegedly stayed in character the entire time during the shoot, which caused some friction with Ryder and other cast members. She said that her and uh, Oldman are great friends now. And also, okay, so my my Tom Waits, uh, Steve Buscemi was offered that role and turned it down. I'm sorry, but Mr. Buscemi makes this movie... A little bit better for me. I did, yeah, no, 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 no. Reservoir Dogs, you had the Tim Roth, and it's beautiful. You know what's funny? Is when I was looking at the casting, and I saw Reservoir Dogs, and I started looking at the cast, I'm like, does Steve Buscemi fit in this movie? And I thought about him for Redfield, but all I could think was like, eh, he's got the crazy eyes, it's too close to Marty Feldman and Young Frankenstein, I think it's, Mm. I don't know, it's not the right energy for me. But you over here and fucking wanting your goddamn Tom Waits out of this movie. It's unfucking believable to me. <sighs> Fuck. Fuck. All right. Well, hey, you wanted some disagreements, buddy. You got one. Yeah, well, fucking good. <laughs> Terrible take. Ice, ice cold take. Ice cold take. Hashtag ice cold. Uh, unbelievable. All right. Uh, sorry. Sorry to disappoint you. We've, uh, we, we've, we've exhausted, I think, uh, most of the topics of conversation for Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, yeah, it's, I I don't, I don't think you can deny it's a unique movie. It's, it's not a perfect movie, but, um, I don't know. I, I find it really entertaining, um, in that sort of weird, uh, it's just a weird 
movie. I, I, I don't know how else to describe it. It's, it's not really a horror movie. It's not really a romantic movie. It's, you're right, it's like horny as fuck. Um, and, but it's got some really cool like film history type shit in it that I think is really awesome and, and makes it like eminently watchable. Um, uh, rating wise, I'm probably like a B plus for this. Um, I, I had a good time with it. I surprisingly liked a lot more of it than I remembered. Um, yeah, it's, it's a recommendation for me, but, uh, how low are you going with this one? I'm not that far off your mark, but I, I will revisit this movie and I will continue to watch it. I, I, I'm a huge Coppola fan, of course. I mean, The Godfather's one of my favorite movies ever. And yeah, I mean, the making of this movie for, like we were saying, any movie nerd, if you've never like done the little deep dive of the, the Blu-ray shorts or the, the featurettes or anything on YouTube, there's plenty of those. Just go out there and fucking dive deep because it, it is really cool. And I love that fucking part of the movie. I, that, I'm a nerd, so I, I love that shit. I, I still just can't get past the story. It, it just it, it takes me out of it a lot. And so for that, I have to give this a C plus, unfortunately. But I will. Like I said, I don't hate this movie by any means. I will continue to watch it. Maybe in five more years from now, and I'll like it a little more. But in 2023, I stand at a C plus for uh, Mr. Bram Brom Stoker's Dracula. And Dracula. how many letter grades is Tom Waits worth to you? <laughs> Just curious. He's worth. I mean, beshimming. This probably goes to a B minus if I'm, I'm, I'm if I'm not if I'm being honest with you. You know. <laughs> oh man. Just the worst. All right. Well, that is Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, hopefully that delivered for you fine folks out there. And as always, we've got another movie lined up. Um, and in keeping with our sort of new direction, we're going to tie it in with a theatrical release coming out around the same time that our episode will drop. So, Chad, why don't you tell people what we have uh, lined up in the chamber for next time? Yeah, so in a couple weeks we have The Equalizer 3, Mr. Denzel Washington coming out. So we're uh, we're going to take a little trip back. 1990 or no 1989 that's right the year we were born jack beautiful oh, glory glories we're gonna do that and we haven't done a war movie for movie homework ever i think and i think it's a good one it's instantly pop like the first one that i wrote down and the first one you said and when we we threw out the the name so i think this is yep. a good one and uh yeah it's a good discussion in so all right do your homework yep yep do your fucking homework all right uh binge movie homework at gmail.com is where you can reach us um, send us your suggestions or your comments, uh, questions, criticisms. Constructive is always appreciated. And uh, suggestions for future episodes. We still have a couple that people have recommended. We're just sort of waiting for the right opportunities to uh, to bring those up and check them out. And, uh, yeah, hopefully this was a good time. And we'll see you next time. Chad, you got anything else? I got nothing, man. All right. For that, I'm saying peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Movie Homework, a Binge Media production. Follow the Binge Media Podcast Network at bingemedia.com, patreon.com slash bingemedia, or wherever you get podcasts. Got a movie suggestion? An award suggestion? Send us an email at bingemoviehomework at gmail.com. Binge